and welcome to I Love It, Don't You? The podcast about friends sharing with friends, whether they like it or not. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kim. And this week, Janelle is gone, and so we have our favorite guest star back with us, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Hello, everybody, again. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, I chose Eligible for us to all read. Eligible is a modern-day Pride and Prejudice, and it was written by Curtis Sittenfield. And in it, we have the Bennett family hails from Cincinnati. Liz Bennett is a 30-something writer who lives in New York, and whose boyfriend is Mary Jasper Wick. Jane Bennett is a 39-year-old yoga instructor who lives in New York and is trying to get pregnant by artificial insemination. Then we have Mary, Lydia, and Kitty, uh, who all still live at home with their parents, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, in Cincinnati. Mary is a grad student. She has like three grad degrees. Lydia and Kitty have never really had a real job and are currently obsessed with CrossFit. Mr. Bennett is retired now, but he his job was always basically just managing the family's fortune. Mrs. Bennett, as opposed to having a continuous state of nerves, has a shopping problem, and that's kind of how she deals with everything going on. Darcy is a neurosurgeon who moved to Cincinnati a year before, and Chip Bingley just moved to Cincinnati, and he works in the ER and is friends with Darcy. And uh, Chip Bingley was on Eligible, which is their version of The Bachelor. Caroline Bingley is Chip's sister and is his manager and is visiting Cincinnati for a few weeks to help her brother get settled. Liz and Jane come home to Cincinnati because Mr. Bennett has had a heart attack and the Bennetts are in debt and facing a hard time in their lives due to the extravagant lifestyle that pretty much everybody but Liz has been living and the medical bills that Mr. Bennett has. So that's kind of the how we brought the characters up to modern day. So my first question, before I ask what you think of it, mm-hmm. my first question is, what's your familiarity with Pride and Prejudice? You've both read it, but like, how familiar are you with the characters? How much do you like Pride and Prejudice? That sort of thing. So that's my first question. I've read Pride and Prejudice once, and I watched each of the movies. Well, actually, I watched one movie, the one that you don't like, him with Karen Knightley, once. And then I watched the BBC version halfway through. So I'm kind of familiar with the characters, and it wasn't something I read and was like, I liked it, but I wasn't, didn't fall in love with it. Okay. Rebecca? I think quite similarly to Elizabeth. I've read the book probably three or four times, once when I was younger, and then revisited it a couple times um, in adulthood, and then definitely have watched the movies. I do really like it, Pride and Prejudice, the story, and I like Jane Austen as an author so Mm -hmm. okay so what did you think of this book i listened to the audiobook which was done really well and i only listened to about 30 chapters of it and i liked it overall i did find it enjoyable i wanted to find out what happened between jasper and liz i mean there's other things i want to talk about but first impressions were that i liked it okay rebecca Mm -hmm. listen i love books and i love reading and probably every book is a lovable book, but I just can't love this book. (laughs) (laughs) Breaks my heart. Yeah. There were things, you know, I don't want to get into everything so far, but um, some of the things were just too outlandish for me as far as the main character, Liz. I thought sometimes the author had her in situations that her character, as we came to know her, wouldn't necessarily be in, or things she wouldn't necessarily say. And then obviously it's Pride and Prejudice, so there was a theme throughout of prejudice, and 
at first, <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed to say I didn't really get that the prejudice part would be in there as overtly as it was. Did you think that she honored the characters as they were in Pride and Prejudice? How do you think she did with the with bringing the characters from Pride and Prejudice into contemporary today? Or are you not familiar enough with the book to really mm. judge? I recognized a lot of things that were from Pride and Prejudice. And with my limited knowledge of it, I do think that she had visited the material a lot. And there was like one specific thing that was covered in the first three chapters that I felt like was really close to the books. And it was kind of like something that I didn't like about Liz herself. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was this one kind of like passage where she's describing her sisters and it really sounds like she doesn't like any of her sisters but Jane and mm-hmm. I felt like she, that was the same thing that happened kind of in the book and it just makes me so sad when siblings <laughs> don't like each other <laughs> I'm close to my brother and I love my sister even though we might not be as close but I love her it was hard for me to listen to her describe her siblings in such a felt pretty emotionless to me kind of like calculating way and that was something that I felt I remembered from the books that was pretty similar to, but I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I mean, I definitely picked that up in Eligible. She's much harsher with her sisters, I think, mm-hmm. than Liz is. Mm-hmm. Lizzie in Pride and Prejudice always saw everybody's faults, and she saw how her sisters hindered them in society. I always picked up that she still loved her sisters. Yeah, she said it was out of obligation and habit. Ineligible, she did. Yes. yes. In Eligible, it does come across... A lot meaner, almost. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. On how she kind of views her sisters this mm-hmm. much, much. Yeah, she loves them because she has to. She doesn't like them. Yeah. So that's I don't know. That's one thing that I picked up on. Uh-huh. Overall, like I don't know. Miss Bennett and Mr. Bennett cracks me up. Like, like they're so funny. I could listen to them all day. I felt like I wanted to hang out with Lydia and Kitty. Like, I know that that Liz didn't like them, but I was like, they, like, I don't know. Like, I think they got it figured out. Oh, that's funny. They're doing CrossFit and meeting people. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said. (laughs) So they live at home with their parents. They just have different priorities. Yes. Rebecca, but, what did you think about the characterization? Did you think that it honored the characterization from Pride and Prejudice? I think largely it did, especially Mrs. Bennett and Mr. Bennett just being hilarious. And mm-hmm. I oftentimes in my head pictured Mrs. Bennett as the mom character in Gilmore Girls. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I totally see it. <laughs> so that was that was just fun. She's would, just outrageous. I yep. wouldn't offend Emily that way. Like, Emily has it more together. She does. She does. Like, but mm. some of the quips, you know. Yeah. yeah. Some of just the... And, like, kind uh, of, like, being really observant and commentary yes. on, like, her daughter's life and what yes. they should be doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they would both be able to shop really well f- together for houseware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that because as I finish the book, I'm going to be picturing Emily Gilmore. <laughs> I do think, especially Jane's character, you know, just the soft kind of romantic yoga instructor-esque mm-hmm. person. I think that was came through pretty clearly. And I think Liz, too. To a degree. I think you you hit it, Kim, when you said it's just, things are just harsher Mm -hmm. in this book than they were in in Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I I think she did a really good job with the characterization. 
Liz, probably because I adore Lizzie and Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. Liz probably is the one that's a little bit the most off. And Liz is the main character, so that's more of the focus, so you're going to notice things. But one reason I do love it, like I fell in love with, with this book, is because I did feel it honored the characters for the most part. Mr. Bennett, from the first time he utters a single thing, <laughs> is cracking me up. And... And the way that he had this a- attitude that he had in the original book, and then now he's just kind of let things fall into disarray because he has this attitude, the way that he looks at life, the way he doesn't overly look at anything too particular because he doesn't want to. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to see the faults. Mm-hmm. And the way that he does quips and everything, the minor characters felt like she really got their characteriz- characterization very well. I felt like you could tell she loves Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. And that came Mm -hmm. through in this modern telling. While I didn't agree with some of the things she had Liz's character do or whatever, like, I don't think Liz would have an affair with a married guy for years. For one, I don't want Lizzie to do, you know, like. Yeah. 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 So some of those things, one of, I'm not going to say what, but one of the things that a little later on, where at first glance would be like, oh, I can't believe. I kind of ended up enjoying it. I thought it was kind of, but I don't want to give away what that is. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to you, Rebecca, about it later. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. But then there were some things that she did differently. And some of the things she earned that because she was very true to a lot of the characterization. Briefly mentioned in the hundred pages that we read was Kathy DeBurgh. But mm-hmm. that's not Darcy's aunt. I actually liked how she went with her. And she actually made that character a little less harsh. Some of her differences, like, I felt I was okay giving those to her because I felt she honored, for the most part, the original. That I want to talk nice. about uh, Liz and Jasper in this first hundred pages. And, like, uh, like oh. I felt like she did. <laughs> like, yeah. Ugh. Jasper. And I felt like she did a really good job of, like, telling their story from the beginning. And I was kind of, like, hooked on them at the beginning. From what she was, just, how she was describing Jasper, I would have been attracted to Jasper, yes. too. And their friendship. And I found myself rooting for him. But then when he asked Liz to be his best man, I wanted to punch him. So- <laughs> oh, like, I was so upset. <laughs> and that's kind of, like, where it all went downhill. Well, first off, when he proposed to someone else, I was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. just an idiot. Any other thoughts about that? I feel the same way as, as you, mm-hmm. Elizabeth, in that we warmed up to Jasper really fast. We were rooting for him and Liz and thought he was a great guy and wanted, you know, it's almost like an idyllic relationship that they had, mm-hmm. you know. And then just as fast as we warmed up, we were just turned off. Yeah. I think because his name is Jasper Wick, and I know he is Wickham, like... I can never, like, in any retellings, like, I can never trust that character fully. Okay. So I okay. never buy it, like, into it. It's like, okay, what's going on? Because his character in Pride and Prejudice, he comes in, he smooth talks everybody, everyone falls in love with him, Lizzie loves him, and then you see that he's a gambler, a womanizer, a liar, you know? And so... Okay. Is he the one who I, marries one of the little sisters mm-hmm. in, Pride married, in Pride and Prejudice? In Pride and Prejudice, he marries okay. Lydia. Okay. okay. I yes. did not remember okay. that. I, 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 I always have to, like, 
rethink like Lydia and Kitty, which one's the youngest? Yes. And who's... Yeah. Okay, maybe that's why I was able to buy into it because I completely had forgotten about his character. I was like, oh, this is really cool that she's bringing in this new character <laughs> and it's working out so well. <laughs> no. no, and in, in Bridget Jones, it's Hugh Grant's character. Uh, oh. You know, like, I did not make that connection. <laughs> I, I, I watch a lot of Pride and Prejudice retellings yeah. and, and yeah. overanalyze them. Yeah. Where I'm at, she's still like emailing him, and he he sent her a gift oh, that was just like a terrible, terrible gift. <laughs> no, it's like, ugh. What do you think of Darcy so far? I felt like it was pretty true to what I remember from Pride and Prejudice. I don't know, like, see, I kind of struggled with this because since I already know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, well, <laughs> I kind of know what's going to happen next. <laughs> right. And maybe, like, if I love the story more, I'd be more in love with hearing that story again. I'm more interested to see how this thing is going to resolve with Jasper and Liz. I think that the author has done a nice job of introducing us to Darcy in a way that while we know Liz has animosity toward him, we don't really necessarily feel that same way. Right. His being aloof or or maybe making kind of an off comment, we're not from Ohio, for instance, so mm-hmm. we don't have that personal attack feeling like Liz does. So we do, she has woven that beginning thread of, of Darcy into our hearts, I think. In the first hundred pages, you don't get a whole, whole lot of Darcy. You get no. very little, which... Is kind of true for the original, too. Yeah. Like, because as much as Pride and Prejudice is the love story between Darcy and Lizzie, Darcy doesn't dominate it at all. No. And no. I would say he doesn't dominate Ineligible at all, either. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do see more of him towards the end. Mm-hmm. And, and I do like where they go with his character. I do like the Darcy that's painted in Eligible, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty much a sucker for any Darcy. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it's always Colin Firth. Yeah. <laughs> I imagined that when I was reading this, Kim, because I thought of you, and I know how much you love Colin Firth. I do love, I do love Colin yep. Firth because he's Darcy. Yes. He's, yes. Um, but speaking of Darcy, so the first interaction we really have with Liz and Mr. Darcy, I just have to call him Mr. Darcy, Um he makes a comment about women in Ohio and how they're just really not the cat's pajamas, if Mm. you will. And Liz takes really offense to it. And she kind of makes a brash comment toward Darcy and his group. I think this is, for me, where I first had to take a step back from my feelings for Liz. And I want to know if I'm alone in this feeling or if you guys felt the same way. Like, that maybe this isn't the way Liz's character would necessarily react in this situation. Right. In the original, like, she overhears him, you know, saying that he would never dance with her or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, She doesn't confront him. She does go and laugh about it and takes it much lighter in that moment. And while it does sit there in the Mm -hmm. book, she does go on and then spread it around or whatever. Her walking out and her comeback of... I'm a B minus or whatever. Right. Like it's just a little more abrasive mm-hmm. yeah. than I think the traditional, the actual yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Bennet is. So I would say if there is a mischaracterization, sometimes it is with Liz. Mm-hmm. So she gets it right some, but she doesn't either. And and that's under- understandable when that's your main character, and then you have this beloved. You're right. Character. You're like, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because you've read it three or four times, mm-hmm. you've seen the movies, so you have. She has a special place. You're right. Even even though it maybe not be one of your mm-hmm. favorites, it obviously you do like it enough to reread it, and she does have a special place in your heart, even if okay. it's not as big a place as <laughs> mine. So you are going to be maybe a little bit more sensitive to where she's getting it wrong. Maybe. I understood Liz's reaction to confronting him about what he said and maybe okay. making him feel a little shameful. But what I didn't like, I guess that she did this in the original too, but it felt more lighthearted to me. But when she went around telling everyone like what he had said, because he was so new there, you know? Everybody makes stupid comments, you know? <laughs> like, yes. And, like, if I wouldn't want everybody to know every stupid thing I said, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that, yeah. and, like, I kind of, I don't know why. So, like, I didn't have that reaction, like, why is she telling everybody this in the original tale? But this time they were kind of more on equal footing. And, like, Darcy, in the books, I imagined him as a man who's wealthy, and no matter what he says, he's going to be eligible mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I didn't like the idea that she might be isolating him right when he started to move here like you know what I mean yeah yeah even though she has Chip but oh, who I think Chip and Jane are so adorable oh. <laughs> and Jane is so sweet they're yes. so great for each other yes. and I like hearing their story again yeah I do find it interesting the idea of Chip kind of being talked into eligible it makes sense Mm -hmm. from charles bingley the original character of just always being pleasant always deferring to other people wanting to please everybody else so it makes sense that his sister comes to him with this idea and he buys into it to please her to try and find love like it very much makes sense for Charles Bingley, I would have never thought of it. And this is another kind of like at first glance, it's like, that makes absolutely no sense. But then when you kind of analyze it a little bit and hear his kind of, well, yeah, Caroline originally talked me into it. And then he also sits there and says, but it ultimately was my decision. Mm -hmm. In some ways, it seems like she changed Chip a lot, but in others, she really didn't. And she stayed true to the character. Mm -hmm. Chip reminds me a lot of The Bachelor from a couple of seasons ago, Chris Souls. I don't know if you guys watched The Bachelor mm-hmm. at all. Um, Years ago I did, but okay. I, not, not that one. <laughs> did uh, I cry? He's from rural Iowa, like 50 miles from where I grew oh. up. And I totally got fangirled when I met him or whatever. <laughs> but he total- he reminded me a lot of Chip, just this like... Aw, shucks, kind of a guy, you know, yeah. and like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm just looking for love. Aw, mm-hmm. yeah. And I felt like Chip was really sincere when he said that, like when they were yeah. at the table talking about that, yes. and it really endeared me to him. Yeah. Because uh, I do feel like people do a lot of crazy things to try to find love, they you know? Do. So. And some of it's working out. You can't write it off. Right. So. Yeah. What did you think of, and I'm going to forget what they named him in here, Collins, what, the cousin. Willie. Oh, Willie. Willie. <laughs> so, oh, boy. So we're yeah. just getting introduced to him where Elizabeth has stopped. Mm-hmm. What do you think of him so far? I don't know. Uh, there are some comments that he makes to Liz where I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> do, you know, do you know where it's going? Do you remember where it's going with him? Yeah, I okay. remember that. Because I was like, what? Like, I was like, no. <laughs> like, no. But I'm really curious to see if that actually plays out. I, can we talk about that even though... Yeah, good. Because um, you're speculating because you haven't read it. Right. Like, with... I, can, I, I don't like the idea <laughs> of him... Thinking, Kim. <laughs> I don't like the idea of him marrying Charlotte, uh, Liz's friend. That's what happened in the books, right? Mm-hmm. 
I don't like that idea. When there was an extra doctor at the, what was it called? The potluck? The introductory barbecue? barbecue. Yeah. He was black. He was the only black doctor there, is what they say. I was like, oh, there, like, try to go, <laughs> go get him. I'm like, I, I imagine engaged. he's very cute. Oh, well, dang. <laughs> I believe they mentioned that uh, he's engaged. I don't know. I didn't really like that it happened in the original Pride and Prejudice, even though I understand why that happened. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of hope it doesn't happen this time. <laughs> but okay. we'll, well see. I'm going to let you uh, figure that out. And modern remakes for, like, Pride and Prejudice, Emma, like, I do find it interesting how they kind of take the idea of cousins maybe marrying and, like, translate it to uh, modern day. Like, in this case, they're step-cousins, so mm-hmm. there's actually uh, no relation. Mm-hmm. In Clueless, which is a modern-day Emma, they were stepbrother and stepsister for a very short amount of time, and now he's still part, like, kind of part of the family, but not part of the family. So that's how they handled it. And so it's very interesting to me to see, but when you read books that were written 200 years ago, you accept it because that was more part of the time. But when mm-hmm. you modernize it, there's no way you'll you'll keep that in there the same way so how they kind of fix that to where it's still a close relationship or a, a close connection but not an actual blood family connection that always interests me what do you think of willie i mean you can't like him right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah words like putrid and yeah. gangrene come to head oh. he's just painfully painfully awful mm-hmm. and awkward. I mean, that's fine. He's a smart guy, probably. He's probably... <laughs> that's nice of you. <laughs> he has no. money, and he earned it. You You're know? right. You're right. There are, <laughs> so there there's are that. Some, there are some qualities, but I don't necessarily like people who just kind of... Uh, I'm a romantic at heart. That's what I'm trying to say. So, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that a relationship can be built only because one person has money or, you know, certain things in line doesn't necessarily mean that another person is compatible simply because, you know, well, they, yes. uh, uh, they match on those things, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe that's my ultimate feeling about Willie. I did like um, Liz's characterization of one point of him was that he's either the most confident, awkward person she's ever met or the most (laughs) awkward, confident person she's ever met. And I did really like that a whole lot. Willie or Collins, he's always just a character that makes you cringe a little bit, but it is funny, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. that he does well in here too. And it's just, it's like, no, dude, just shh. Yeah. <laughs> that that's any yeah, variation yeah. of that character. It's yeah. like and quiet now. <laughs> Do we know by chapter thirty the the kind of the something that he's done in his past that he no. that he tells? <laughs> oh wait, I've read that part. Uh, you're talking about <laughs> when he invites that woman to get okay. a glass of wine, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we we haven't gotten there by chapter thirty. Uh, but I've listened to it. <laughs> and well, you can talk about it if you want. Everyone's in for a treat then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, Alyssa's reaction to it was really great. Yes. Like, just, I don't understand how you can tell that story and not laugh at yourself, <laughs> but he manages to do that. Yes. He does. <laughs> what about Mary? We haven't talked about her at all. Oh. I'm really curious to see what her. I don't know. Maybe I should know because it's a retelling, but I'm really curious to see what she's doing every Tuesday night. No, that's a new thing. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, I'm very curious. I did like that. 
Mm-hmm. There's a few things, like the way that she went with a few characters that weren't in the book, but still felt true to the characters that I liked. I'm thinking of Lydia. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Interesting. Kind of how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> You're being very cryptic, Kim. I know. I'm purposely being cryptic. <laughs> I don't want to give anything away for Elizabeth or those who haven't read. Did I, you like the way it went? I mean, here is it's truth time. Really why I struggle yeah. sometime with this with mm-hmm. the book is that, and I, I don't think it's giving anything away, but, you know, there are kind of these comments about the black doctor. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Lydia, I think, is teases Mary mm-hmm. about being gay. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was so brash at times that I, that I just needed that sensitivity. You know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sensitive to those things, right. I yeah. think. So mm-hmm. I was... Think the, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Do you think the book was condoning that or speaking against it, though, but just not doing a very good job of how they presented it? I think the latter part. Okay. I think it was... We didn't get introduced to Lydia or Mary or Kitty mm-hmm. very well mm-hmm. before this dialogue came into the picture. So it was really, for me, a moment of like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, why are we doing this? Admittedly, maybe it's a, it's kind of a thing that is in maybe like women's literature now, you know, as a genre that maybe these topics are a common theme in books, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe I, I kind of took a step back from there, but yeah, I thought it was just, we weren't quite there with the characters to really understand that it wasn't out of hate. General hate. You're right. Like, it was off-putting for me as well when she yeah. teased Mary about being a lesbian. And like, maybe that was also... Was that during the charades thing? Um, yes. Yeah. That's actually one thing that I could understand uh, Liz being embarrassed about. Because she talked about being embar- her yeah, sister's right. embarrassing dur- yes. her during that thing. Yeah. But I still thought it wasn't very loving. It was not a very loving relationship between yeah. all of them. Yeah. I agree. It was it was off-putting when I, when I listened. And I guess I don't remember from the original Pride and Prejudice the feeling that they didn't like each other. Right. I didn't, yes. Yeah, I never got mm-hmm. that feeling from the original. Maybe not always understanding each other. Right, definitely. But yeah. at the end of the day, they were family, and they loved each other. Maybe out of obligation, but there was a, a more kindness yes. to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. If these weren't Lizzie and Jane's sisters, they probably would not choose to spend any time with them in the old or the new. But yes, in the original version, I never got the sense Mm -hmm. that they they didn't like each other. I did get the sense that Lizzie felt that Lydia's behavior, especially, but Lydia and Kitty's behavior, in some ways brought shame to the family because Mm -hmm. that is one of the things that convinces Darcy to, that he needs to step in. Um, Is that how her family acts and Liz knows that so Mm -hmm. but for Liz it's not a I don't want to associate with them now it's how can we encourage them not to be this way how can we not go to Brighton and follow after the truth you know not let Mm -hmm. Lydia go and stuff so the original Liz still loves her family very much yeah I remember one scene from Pride and Prejudice um where one of her sisters is uh, singing terribly, like mm-hmm. singing and playing the piano. That would be Mary. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I thought it was Mary. And I remember, I think I remember Liz being embarrassed not only for her family, but also for Mary and wanting mm-hmm. to kind of protect her reputation. Right. And I felt like that's one of the ways that it was kind of nicer and kinder in the book. And in this version, 
you get less of that. It's just right. more like, how are they reflecting mm-hmm. on me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in the original version, I always like to pretend that I'm Lizzie, but I really sometimes fear I'm Mary. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I struggled with, I want all of those characters to be likable. Like, I don't want there to be a Mary that you don't want to be. I want, yeah. you know, like, I want all of the sisters to have characteristics to be awesome in their own way. Yes. I yes. feel like and I know that's not the original or the, you know, right. but I feel like as the story progresses in eligible, you do kind of mm-hmm. see that for the mm-hmm. each sister kind of for themselves and grow to grow to like them. Mm-hmm. I find Lydia at the end of this book more likable than I found the original Lydia. Cuz mm-hmm. I don't like the original Lydia. You're right. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kitty in the original, I have no feelings really about her one way or the mm-hmm. other, and Kitty in here, I still kind of have no feelings <laughs> yeah. one way or the other, um, but she she seems to be a little more together than mm-hmm. Kitty from the old. And I like Mary. As the story progresses, you don't get a lot of like Mary and, and Kitty really at all in either story, but I like where they end up at, at the end of Eligible. Mm-hmm. Curious. <laughs> what are the other reasons that you are not a fan of this yeah, book? Let's, yeah, let's yeah. Let's dive into it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, when I, I read this book through Overdrive, which is mm-hmm. my most favorite way to read books because I can read them on my phone, and my favorite, I take screenshots of pages that I like, oh. which is probably illegal. <laughs> so no, I don't. <laughs> Just kidding, but. I'll just kind of read it. So Liz is, it's chapter 13, and so we're just really meeting all of the characters still because the chapters are extremely short, sometimes only a page or so. Um, But Liz is watching, you know, Lydia and Kitty were headed out, and Mary was in her own room with the door closed, and she's kind of just reflecting on how she's just kind of alone here in the house. And she goes, although already, both quite accidentally and quite horribly, Liz had found herself on a webpage featuring cannibal lemurs. (laughs) Given that she was researching an upcoming mascara feature on how to ask for a raise, it was difficult to say exactly how this had happened. And I I just, (laughs) we've all gone down those rabbit holes. Absolutely. So I I noticed that sprinkled throughout this, the book, the author speaks very warmly of libraries and Mm -hmm. research, and I appreciated the book for that. Uh And, you know, I really don't mean to be so negative about this book, but um, I think I just really couldn't get completely on board with how the sisters were to each other. Um, Just some of the, some of the things they said in We've we've gone down that road already too, but uh, that was I think my number one reason why I didn't really like it. You have a lot of sisters, don't you? I have one sister and two oh. brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I okay. have two sisters-in-law and three now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so right. we would never say those things to each other. And mm-hmm. um, so I think yeah, probably I'm projecting maybe how I how I hope that families are. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just harsh for me. Aside from that. I just, sometimes Liz, and I have to be careful so that I don't speak ahead to where everyone is. Some of the times that she's interacting with Darcy, let me step back. So Liz is a feminist character, Mm -hmm. and we support her in that. She supports herself in New York City. She has a great job that she works hard for, and those are qualities that I appreciate in a character and in a woman um, in any way. And so, ugh, sometimes she just loses herself, I think, in, in Darcy in, like, a fake way. 
kind of. She goes from the the one spectrum of at that party where she is said, you know, is well, I'm a B minus, you know, or something. And then um, another time she's, you know, thinking something else about Darcy. And I don't know. I'm not going anywhere anymore. I was going to say, there is almost an abruptness in her change of feelings. And I think there is in the original. That is in the original, too. The way everything wrapped up, like, I wanted it to be a little longer. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe the, the plot line just sped along. Yeah, maybe sped up some other places and and slowed down the yeah. very ending. Yes, I understand that. And I will say too that some of these some of these things we do come to understand as we read the book. Some you know some of these storylines are explored more and explained more, and we we have a deeper understanding. So I I do appreciate that. It's just he burns so bad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you're reading a book? Do you notice those things? Do you allow it to shape the way you feel about a book when there are some things that you personally feel? Yes. You know, I'm trying to think of a. I've definitely had that experience before. I'm trying to think of a specific one. And I think it's not just with books. I think I do that with, like, TV shows, too. Right. Can you think of anything? Not, like, right off. But, I mean, it, it does, you know, like, if something's not kind of matching how you view the world or not necessarily how you view the world, but if it's hitting against something that you're passionate about mm-hmm. or, or that's kind of one of your mm-hmm. pet peeves or, or something you're yeah. sensitive to or, or all of the above, you know. Yeah. Like that, dogs getting hurt in movies and not yes. the caring about the human characters. <laughs> that's not Absolutely. Mine, okay. um, yeah, that, like, it can make it much harder to then enjoy it and sometimes you can't get past it. I think okay. for me, I'm going at viewing as... Pride and Prejudice retelling, so that's more my focus is, are you honoring the book? Mm-hmm. And so okay. all of your points have been valid, but they didn't strike me as I was reading because it's more, Mr. Bennett is so in character, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Okay. I can see these people being placed as they were in the book here, like you are honoring the book so well. Okay. That's more, for me, how I interacted with it. And so... Okay. Everything you all have said is very valid. I'm going to go out of the room and try and forget it. <laughs> um. There are so many, there really are so many good things in this book. And now that you're talking and, and making the connections between the characters, it's purposeful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was putting this into Goodreads, you know, I saw that this is actually a thing. There's like a series of books that have been rewritten yes. mm-hmm. for I this saw that purpose. Too. Mm-hmm. Other other ones. and I think is it I think is it by different authors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I I have like a northern. I don't. I'm not sure if I'm going to say this right. Uh, northern Ding Abbey on North there. Northanger Abbey. Northanger yeah. Abbey. I have that on my to reads list. I haven't read the original, but I'm interested in the retelling. I love the um, original, which actually is probably one of her lesser known novels. Yeah, it's supposed and to be like a gothic. It, it was kind of like a a gothic satire, and it actually is high up on my list of my favorites of hers. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of gothic literature in general, so I kind of liked her poking fun of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. I know you're a big Jane Austen fan, and I like Jane Austen, and I appreciate she was a woman writer, and she really paid the way for one of my favorite 
women writers, Edith Wharton, who my teacher went to described as the American Jane Austen. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to think of Jane Austen as the English Edith Wharton, but that's not chronologically correct. Yeah, no. Um. <laughs> anyway, but there's been some House of Mirth retelling and a... Age of Innocence retelling, and I'm wondering if I read those, would I have kind of like the same reactions you had mm-hmm. when reading Pride and Prejudice? Right. I don't know. And I will say, like, Pride and Prejudice retellings and whatever, normally I have to, like, let other people have tell me they're good, because I don't want to waste my time if it's a bad one. I'll just get angry. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until my friend Smith was like, have you all heard of this? I've heard it's really good. Then she read it, and she, like, really liked mm-hmm. it. And so it was like, okay. I will now read this because I can, if it's done bad, I can get very upset and angry. <laughs> um, please see the 2006 Pride and Prejudice. We won't get me started on that one. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Have you read this? Seen that no. One? I, uh, with I Karen really... Knightley? Or, wait, is that the 2006 Yes, movie? that's the 2006 okay. Oh, you don't like that one? I like that one. I hate mm. that one. It's Aww. so pretty. You know? It is so pretty. Mm-hmm. It so butchers her words. <laughs> <laughs> there is a pig that runs through their house. They were not that poor. They did not do things like that. Okay. The parents are okay, living, okay, I'm sorry. Are living <laughs> sharing a bedroom. Never in all of my time reading Pride and Prejudice did I ever picture that the parents were in the same no. bedroom. Uh, like no. There are things like that. There are very mischaracterizations in that movie. Okay. So another Pride and Prejudice retelling is called uh, (laughs) (laughs) Austin Land. Um, Is it Austin Land? I've heard of that one. I haven't. Yeah, I don't know if I. I don't know if I'm going to recommend it to you. But (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca, (laughs) interesting. It's so good. It's like it's very funny, and the they made it into a movie. Okay. And there's this part in the movie which was so funny. Um, I forgot the actress's name. Did y'all ever see um, American Pie? Yes. And no. um, <laughs> I really didn't think I was going to make a relation remember? to that movie today. <laughs> Do you remember Stifler sleeping with that one guy's mom? Absolutely. Okay, so that actress is in it. Oh. <laughs> and there's this part where they're reading Pride and Prejudice, like the three women, and that actress is reading it. And she, like, ma- starts making up her own version. <laughs> like, it's like Liz and Darcy talking, and then she's like, and then she's, Darcy takes Elizabeth, and they kiss passionately <laughs> and make love all night long. The end. <laughs> oh, I loved it. And, like, I was like... Yeah, that's brilliant. That so I don't know. <laughs> so I would recommend it. If I will write it down. If yes. you're not, uh, I don't know. It's good. It's good. Which because uh, it's not like I do better with like modern day versions than I do if you are sitting there trying to make like an actual Pride and Prejudice. Mm. Then I'm gonna need you to do the five hour BBC version. And why do you need to remake it? Because that one's perfect. Well, I guess so, you did like Bridget Jones' Diary, so maybe you might like, you might like the movie. I don't know. I I'm, say, I'm a little nervous about recommending. I was gonna say I like because I also love the uh, Mormon Mormon version of Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's a Wait, Mormon. What? There's a Mormon version of Pride and Prejudice. It's called Pride and Prejudice: A Latter Day Saints. Uh, <laughs> and it's uh, the Liz character instead of sisters, it's her roommates are are the sisters, and the parents aren't in it at all. It's cheesy, but very cute. And Interesting. I, I love that one. So I like things like Austin Land, because it's not 
strictly like a retelling, right? It's not. No, it's just kind of. She doesn't have any sisters. Like it's just more somebody who loves Jane Austen. Yeah, right? and, and then that, like yeah. so like she loves Jane Austen and Pride of Prejudice is her favorite one. So she has saved up all this money to go to a place called Austenland where you can be immersed in the Jane Austen kind of culture. Okay. And they have like act the higher male actors to play the male roles and you kind of get to act that out. And but in the movie it's really funny cuz they show like long scenes of them like doing things that they had to do back in the 1800s. <laughs> so like making hats and it's very it looks very boring and they portray it that way. <laughs> and the women are always like where are the men? <laughs> It's it's really good and so Kim, do you seek out retellings? You seem to have. I mean, do you not necessarily seek them out, but like some of my really good friends, we all like really love Jane Austen, and so okay, if we hear of a good one or have read a good one or okay. whatever, like we're gonna tell each other okay. and stuff. I mean, sometimes, but not so much like seek out seek out because also like over the last few years, there has been a ton of kind of like almost printed fan fiction like uh pride and prejudice after it ends like what happens Uh, and i won't read those because you're gonna just mess with my characters and you're gonna try and do it in that time and and no like if i wanted to read fan fiction i would go read fan fiction and not pay for it (laughs) like i'm not gonna (laughs) like pride and prejudice and zombies is there that there is that i i have not read that (laughs) um one of my friends one time bought it we were going on a trip just so that she could annoy me with it because they knew oh. how much I loved Jane Austen. Right. And, yeah. and okay. these friends are not readers and they just like to make fun of me about this <laughs> stuff. So she specifically bought that for that trip so she could be like, look, Kim. So I believe I had a Jane Austen biography with me and started reading aloud to, mm-hmm. uh, to them about it. So whenever they started making fun of Jane Austen, I would read them aloud about Jane Austen. It was good times. Um, <laughs> I've read I read part part of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Actually, <laughs> I was gonna say, that was up? actually I kind of read that before I read the original. And the thing is, though, I didn't finish it because like there was this one part where Liz is reading a letter from Darcy, but they messed up the letter. The letter was had zombies in it. I was like, wait. <laughs> I was like, no, I have to know what the real letter said. So oh. then I went back and read. Yes. The original version. I was going to say, Loki, who also loves Pride and Prejudice, she's actually read it. And she said, like, I mean, it's not, like, fantastic, but it's not, like, horrible. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, if you all made me read it on the podcast, I would read it. Yeah, I'm not going to. But I'm not going to seek it out mm-hmm. because okay. there are not zombies in Pride and Prejudice. No. There's not zombies. <laughs> but Liz Bennett is really awesome as a zombie hunter. Like, she, like... She kills zombies in the book. Yeah. I have two things her, on my list now. Yeah, yes. her like she, her and her sisters like kill zombies, and it's actually that's pretty awesome. It <laughs> is. So maybe I'll go back and finish that at some point. We look back to Pride and Prejudice, and we hold that with a pretty mm-hmm. good amount of esteem uh-huh. still. So many years after it was written, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that future generations will be able to look at Eligible in the same way? No. You know, I mean, (laughs) no, because I mean, to me, Jane Austen is in a lot of senses, the founder of kind of this romance genre. Okay. Um, She is one of the original people who did this and she did it so well. And so that's why you're always going to look back to her. Okay. Is because this, she's one of the first people to do it. So now when we're saturated with all sorts of books, all sorts of good, like this, is a great retelling, but it's not anything that's going 
it's not offering anything new for people to look back a hundred okay. years from now. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Do is I mean that's a good question. I wonder what like books that are being published and read like yeah. now would be yes. something people look back like the girl on the train, you know, or yes. like Yes. I hope Lane Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know that's of like um, The Wizard of Oz and then Wicked, you know? Like I yes. think I think people will look back at Wicked now. I mm-hmm. think, you know, it, will they look maybe back as equally much? Will they look they back do? at Wicked the musical or Wicked the book? Cuz I think Wicked the musical made more of an imprint than Wicked the book. Maybe. I mean, but see, but don't you think that people will look at the musical and then go back to the thing that they would go back to would be the book? Not not if they try and read the book. Have you read the book? <laughs> yeah, I, tr- yes. <laughs> I tried my sister. Yeah. I've I've read cuz I've read a few of of his books, like his retellings like that cuz mm-hmm. he's done it yeah. with more than just Wizard of Oz. And the ideas, the story is amazing. His writing, I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Did okay. you have you tried to read it? No, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, no, I okay, was, I, I have to admit that I didn't wasn't able to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did finish it, and I've read. But okay, Hamilton. I've read another of his books or whatever. I think Hamilton though could leave a, is gonna leave a very big Ooh, impression on her. I've uh, just started watching or listening uh, to Hamilton. Uh, I. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the <laughs> uh, let's talk about this. Uh, <laughs> oh, where are you at right now? I'm on maybe like song six. Oh, okay. Maybe. So you just started finishing. Yes, just I really, really Tried just to started. remember. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, you're really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> like, uh, Hamilton has definitely changed, like, the face mm-hmm. of musicals. And Hamilton will definitely be something that, people yeah. come back to mm-hmm. as, as a marker. I'm really interested to see Lin-Manuel's career from here on. He's been compared to Sondheim. He's been compared to Shakespeare. Like, I'm super excited to see what all else he does. Yeah. Because um, his other big musical that he did was In the Heights, and that's really... I haven't listened to the entire thing. I've listened to most of it. But that's really good, too. It, Hamilton is like 200 times better. <laughs> um, but in the hi- in the Heights is incredible too, but it's just Hamilton has like I've been obsessed with it for over a year. I saw a I Facebook know, post the other day <laughs> where it was like I've I've been obsessed with Hamilton and it was like that was no. a year ago and so <laughs> no. by the time I'd been listening to it for a, at least a week by the time it made it to Facebook. So but it's something to think about when we're when we're talking about the, for me these retellings. I want the retellings to be something that people can look back on. I yeah. do. So maybe that's another feeling. That and I have also about it. it is kind of interesting cuz it also is kind of that retelling is reflective of our culture as Pride and Prejudice was yes. reflective of that mm-hmm. culture. Yes. So it's so, kind of also a marker of how we've changed and how we've You're right. Yeah. You're so right. that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And for me some of the retellings that I think people will look back on or should look back on are the movie retellings. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, Clueless, to me, is an amazing movie in its own right, and whatever. It's an Emma retelling. Yeah. Yeah. So that, to me, is is 50 years from now, people will okay. probably still be going back to Clueless. Okay. They should, I think. <laughs> um, that's also right, another way that's right. so... Yeah, it's... And that's, like, so, like, reflective of the culture then, you know? And, if t- like, so that's... Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. And Bridget Jones' Diaries. Yeah. Like, that, to mm-hmm. me... Those are both retellings, but they very much, we've already seen, have taken off in their own right. Okay. And have a following in their own right. So for me, switching genre 
kind of affects mm. it a little bit more. I think I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at yeah. least, or at least how it affects me, like and how it. Yeah. Takes yeah. A, yeah. I can see that. Rebecca already finished it, but will not be revisiting it. I can already <laughs> answer for her. I I might. In all fairness, yeah. I just really mm-hmm. might because I think I I do think I was, I was I. I was just being too critical. Were you prejudiced? (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so I I don't want anyone to write it off simply because I had some feelings about it, but it is worth a read. It really does have a a special place somewhere in someone's heart. (laughs) Elizabeth, you'll be finishing it? I'll definitely be finishing it, yeah. Have we been revisiting anything? I finished Merlin, so I'm like... I haven't um, finished Merlin because you distracted me with Supergirl, so... I do not regret that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. Next week... Oh, yeah, um, next week. So Janelle's not here, but it is Janelle's turn to pick something. As Elizabeth just mentioned briefly, I had gotten into Supergirl last week, and then I kept talking about it, and so Elizabeth got into Supergirl, and there's a the Flash crossover episode, so then we both really wanted to watch that, and we knew that that was on Janelle's list to eventually make us watch, so we have made Janelle make us watch The Flash for this next <laughs> week. <laughs> so that is what we'll be watching for next week. We are going to try and just talk about the first five episodes we have already watched more than the first five episodes <laughs> both of us so there might be a little bit more uh, that we talk about but we're gonna try and just keep it to the first five episodes so we don't give too much away you can find it on netflix yes if you want more i love it don't you content visit i love it don't you dot wordpress.com you can also email us at our email address i love it don't you one at gmail.com and you can follow us on all our social media platforms let us know what you think Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.